0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the Spartan 160 EN podcast. This is podcast number 22. I am your host, Daniel. Uh, I'm followed here by my two good friends, Patrick and Nando. Nando, how are you doing, bro? What's up, buddy? I'm doing
1: well, man. Spartan 1. Uh, actually, what do we? We won for the Liga, and we lost for the Europa League, and we won for the Tasa. Hey, you know, we're, we're two and three. Two out of three. I'll take it right now
2: yeah me too man and Patrick how are you doing bro I'm good um feels like it's been a while since I've been on uh but good to be back with a, a decent performance from sporting last night um so um I'll, I'll enjoy talking about that a little bit more and less so about the other games but um yeah ready to get cracking
0: yeah yeah me too and um just before we fully get started uh Just want to remind anybody that's listening or listening later on, uh, me and Patrick were on the Bruised Bananas podcast uh, that came out earlier this week or last week, actually, uh, I think, I can't remember now, uh, with um, two great uh, North Londoners, uh, Arsenal fans. We talked about our sport thing. We talked about uh, the upcoming game. So if you guys haven't uh, listened to that, please do. It it, it was a pretty good talk, I think. Uh, I think Patrick would agree. And uh, and yeah, um, anyways, let's get started. Uh, first game we'll talk about is the, the game that happened last weekend uh, against Lourdes for the TASA Portugal. I'll quickly go through our starting lineup, uh, which was we had Renan Ribeiro in net starting his first game. Uh, we had Bruno Gaspar, André Pinto, Marcelo, and Jefferson in defense. In midfield, we had Bruno Fernandes and Um, uh, And then uh, we had Jovan Cabral, Nani, and Carlos Mané just up ahead. And then we had Castanagos uh, as our striker with Petrovic and Miguel Luiz subbing into the game. Miguel Luiz making his debut, I think, three minutes towards the end. Um, so, uh, Nando, we'll start off with you. How did you How did you see uh, – what did you think of the game?
1: I think they played like crap. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, think, I think it was uh, – I man, I was following around on Twitter – uh, watching the game, and I'm like, this can't be, this can't be happening. Like, we're really struggling to put this game away. We're playing poorly. You know, those type of Tasa Portugal games, those are the type of games that keep these little teams in it. All they need is to linger around long enough, and then you have another tumba Gigante. You know what I mean? So, it was frustrating that Sporting uh, played the way they played. It was frustrating that Sporting wasted a lot of uh, starters in that game for a game like that. And you would think that Pizarro – would uh, once again give opportunity for less played players to to hopefully motivate them, show them uh, that you know they have a great opportunity to see what 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 they can do. And yet here they are, you know, wasting Bruno Fernandes, wasting Nani, um, wasting guys like that to start the game. Um, it was cool to see like guys like Louis Manet coming in. Uh, kind of frustrating again for Castagnos, but we don't really have anybody else to put up there. You would think that. Uh, that a Diaby would have gotten a better opportunity. You would think guys like Wendell would have had better opportunity. Maybe uh, Giovanni Cabral now would have had better opportunity, more opportunity. None, those guys um, didn't really do much. And then you would thought that uh, Sporting would have just played better overall, and they didn't. They're stagnant. They just don't lack fluidity in that game, and they won two to one. I mean, it's just one of those games. It's it's it is what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. Patrick, uh, what did you think of the game as well?
2: Yeah, um, I'd agree with Fernando. It was uh, it was a dull performance and um, one that you, I sort of expected uh, because I'm, obviously on one hand you are playing a, a third tier side and you expect um, a team like Sporting or any other um, top flight team to, to go there and dominate, but um, it's not something Sporting have really been able to do um, this season so far. We've never looked um, like really settled in in a way of playing, even with our best players out on the field. So to to go there and mix and match with players that are are lacking a bit of rhythm and and others um simply lacking form and finding their feet in in the squad, you know, it, it, I expected the team to be a bit like off note if if you get what i'm saying so um yeah it, it was just it was just a bad performance and a bad game to watch um thankfully sporting um managed to uh resist um as nando said managed to resist any um any traps or like uh, any giant killings uh, uh, and got their business sorted with with a 2-0 lead that was that was then cut down to 2-1 and Things looked a bit rocky for for a little second. I think Pizarro was uh, caught looking at his clock a few times, and I'm sure he was worried um, about what could happen. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just a game that again showed that Sporting aren't really comfortable right now um, with the way they're playing and uh, and with with the mood in the camp really. Uh, so although we did win, it was an alarming win.
1: Hello, can
0: can you guys hear? Sorry, can you can can you hear me? I think I lost you guys for a second. Sorry about that.
2: Yeah, I think you were on mute.
0: No, I was a bit also, but then um, the audio just stopped. Like I couldn't hear you anymore. Anyways, yeah, you sorry guys. about that. Um, yeah, but uh, did you finish your your synopsis? Yeah, back? yeah, yeah. There's... Okay, cool. Sorry, sorry. Uh, so but right. yeah, I I agree with uh what what from what I heard at least from everything you guys said. You know uh um. Uh, the, my only quarrel is I wish uh, we played a bit, uh, we experimented a bit more with the squad. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I would have liked to see a Lumor or, uh, you know, Miguel Luis get at least a bit more minutes in the game. Um, but uh, I have to say credit to Lourdes because, I mean, they looked a lot more structured than I've seen Spartan play so far this season, um, you know, especially defensively. They were, I mean, their coach can can teach Poseidou a thing or two, I think, defensively, but, um Aside from that, you know, uh, we, we did what we had to do. We, 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 um, prevented a a giant killing, like I heard Patrick say. So, uh, I mean, you can't ask for more. It's always tough going to these smaller stadiums and, and playing in these, um, lesser conditions, but, um, you know, as disappointing as, as the game was and, and all of that, at least we got the result and I guess that's all that matters. Um, now let's go on to, uh, a bit more of an interesting game. Uh, I think a, a game that everybody had circled on their calendars the moment it came out, uh, Sporting against Arsenal. I'll quickly go through the starting 11, which was... I'll go for both teams, actually, since Arsenal a bit more of a, a known team. So our starting 11 was Ruben Ribeiro, Stefan Ristovski, Sebastian Kovac, Andre Pinto, and Mark Shakunya. And then we had Bataglia, Petrovic, and Gudeli in the midfield, with Nani and Bruno Fernandes on the wings and Montero in the middle. Uh, and then for Arsenal, they had uh, Leno in goal. They had uh, Shaka playing left-back, uh, Holdings and Socrates in the center, uh, Lichsteiner on the right. And then in the midfield, they had Alain, um, El Nani, uh, Gwendozi and Ramsey, with well-back Aubameyang and Mkhitaryan up front. Um, I'll start with Patrick, since uh, this was probably a conflicting game for you. Um, how, did you, how did you think the game went uh, for, for Sporting?
2: Yeah, well, um, you know, I, I expected Sporting to, to be a little more conservative than they usually are because it is a big game against a club like Arsenal who, um, if we were to look at Arsenal squads, obviously Arsenal are a much stronger side to, to Sporting and certainly much better opposition to what Sporting uh, usually plays. So I expected Sporting to be somewhat defensive, even at home. Um. Well, uh, not as defensive as to put three defensive midfielders in midfield essentially, but yeah. um, but that's the way Perseido, um decided to attack the game. Um. And yeah, okay, you, you can accept that a little bit because Arsenal, um, came into this tie uh, after a very good performance, um, against Leicester, and and Sporting on the other hand haven't looked anywhere near convincing. Uh, in the run-up um, to this game. Um, and, you know, Sporting were able to nullify um, Arsenal um, in that first half, essentially. But I, will, I think I'll speak for everyone um, when I say that I would have liked Sporting to, to have been a little bit more brave uh, in that first half because, you know, it's a European night and uh, and sometimes, you know, special moments are there to be seized. And I think Sporting could have done something, especially considering... Um it, had they done their research they would have seen that Arsenal uh lately are a team that um although they are um they were on a very decent win streak, um they're a team that hasn't gone into half time leading, so that suggests mm-hmm. that their first halves are considerably slower to what they they're able to do in the second half. So if sporting had uh, you know, kept tight but then chosen their moments to really go at Arsenal um, in that first half, maybe um, Sporting could have looked at a different result on a different night, and and a big result uh, for us, Ars- a big result against Arsenal for Sporting. You know, for Pizarro at least, um, it could have been very, it could be very important. You know, when you win against a team like Arsenal, that sort of result has uh, an effect on your team that can turn your season around, and God knows uh, where it may take you. Um, but uh, I think we, we hid behind uh, the respect for a big club a little bit and um, come second half, Arsenal got their goal. Um, you know, a bit unfortunate from Sporting's perspective, um, the way it happened, um, but, you know, sometimes, you just, as a whole, I don't think Sporting were brave enough um, and had they been brave enough, especially in the first half, perhaps we, we could have uh, been looking at a different result, who knows.
0: Yeah, agreed. And uh, Nando, I'll I'll quickly pass it off to you before we talk about certain moments in the game. Uh, What did you think of the game? How did you think Spartan did?
1: Um, I think Patrick uh, really nailed it right there with uh, just pretty much the brave aspect of it. I think Spartan um, lacked the courage, uh, lacked being brave enough to have a better result at home. It's a shame that... We seem to always have this issue when it comes to European games. I mean, we've had, um, you know, unfair results as of late with other bigger clubs than Arsenal, even. Um, and but we've played better. And then this game, it just seems like they were just uh, too much in awe of a team that did not need to be respected as much as they were respected. And and I don't mean that with any disrespect towards Arsenal and Arsenal fans. I say that in, in just the simple fact that Arsenal has been reeling. Um, Arsenal has not been dominant um, the last several years. They have their own issues, and uh, this is with an Arsenal team that's not even starting guys like Ozil, that are, you know, their best player arguably. Um, so you know, Arsenal came into the game against Sporting kind of pretty much saying, like, this is a good game to rotate the players, like Sporting did against or should have done against Lotus for the Tás Portugal. So, Arsenal's not really necessarily respecting Sporting, and that's with them playing at our stadium. So, then when you look at things in the games, like just statistic wise, I mean, we couldn't get one single shot on goal, on target. We had 15 shots to their 14. That just says that we started getting desperate and starting shooting them a little bit from anywhere. Um, Possession wise, they dominated 67 to 33 um their accuracy was there which is probably because it wasn't able to close down those lanes and then the thing to me and i think this is one of the things that probably we'd all agree but during the game you know while reading um the the you know the tweets that were being sent out our lineup with Batalia, Petrovic and Gudeli like that's so <laughs> i don't know what word i want to use it like, that's such a scared yeah, line up in such a scared mentality. Like, I mean, are we playing against a team like Juventus with Ronaldo, or Are we playing like a team with Barcelona, with like pick your poison? Or I
0: mean, <coughs> you know, we and, against- and and even when we did, like last season, we didn't even play that afraid no, against like, them. You know,
1: any team that sees a defensive minded team like that 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 usually is able to at least be decent at playing are going to take advantage of that. Because they're just going to run on you. And if they don't run on you, then they're just going to pass the ball and play keep away a la, um, you know, uh, Guardiola style. And that's what uh, Arsenal kind of did. They just played keep away. Yeah. And, um, it, that's so, so stupid. And then the thing is, you got uh, Jeremy Mathieu. Like he should and always needs to be a starter. Like it is what it is. He's got to be a starter with Kowats. It's got to be our defensive lineup team like that. So we've pretty much seemed like we have settled on Acuna being. You know our left back for the most part now it seems, um, dude. Like it just it's it's super aggravating, and it just seems like that game from the beginning it was just a game for pesado to say, hey, look, guys, we we did good because we only lost one zero, and I think it was you who tweeted it too, like, hey, we did good enough, hey, we played well enough, and my logic and reasoning is we didn't get destroyed, we didn't get dominated. And we lost one zero, and uh, that's something that Sporting Easter should be proud of, and Portugal should be proud of. And that's exactly how Sporting played the game.
0: Yeah, man. Um, I was also I, at first when I seen the lineup, um, I sort of I thought we were gonna play three at the back. Truthfully, with Petrovic sort of playing as a, a center, def- uh, like a center, uh, uh, center defense. Um, you know, because he, he sort of did that last season under JJ. So I thought maybe Pazeta was gonna, you know. I'll take a page out of JJ's uh, book, but um, turns out they sort of, they kind of did defensively, but they really, but they sort of didn't. Um, I thought first half we did okay. Aside from no shots on goal, I thought we pressured Arsenal well. Pazeru, um, at least he, he, he was aware of the fact that Arsenal now like to play it a lot from the back. So I think pressure, we were pressuring well high, which sort of, I don't know. It, it sort of confuses me as to why he wanted three center defensive midfielders when, when we're sort of pressing high. You know, they, they tend to sit back a bit. But, um, you know, I, I think I think if we had Petrovic and Gudeli or uh, Bataglia and Gudeli or Bataglia and Petrovic with, with Bruno Fernandes just ahead of them, I, th- I wouldn't be totally opposed to that. I think that would make more sense, just having the three of them and then pushing Bruno Fernandes out on the wing. I I I think he's less effective out on the wing. One, and then two, it just it's like like we've all been saying uh just it's too it's too scared, it's it's too it's too defensive. Um and and the thing that was wearing me was we're too defensive against a team with such pace on the wings or, or and even up front. I mean, Aubameyang is is he's a fucking cheetah. I mean, uh, you know, back has some pace on him too, you know, Mkhitaryan isn't slow either. So it, it was sort of confusing me as to why we would maybe try to play so deep. But um, at least the first half, I was, I was happy at the fact that we were, we were pressuring. Well, we were, we were controlling the ball, controlling possession, controlling the game. But like Patrick said, you know, Arsenal this season has been sort of a team to only put it into second gear um, at the second half, you know, and, and really start playing their game. And, and again, it's exactly what happened against Sparting. We came out in the second half. We, were, we weren't pressure, uh, pressuring as well as we were in the first half. We weren't holding possession as well as we were in the first half. Um, the, the few shots that we had in the first half to, I mean, sort of troubled. It didn't trouble the keeper, but sort of, you know, caused some worry, just went over. And, and in the second half, just none of that happened. And um, I, I think that was super disappointing to see. Um, just our lack of ambition going forward, especially playing at home. Because if we played that afraid at home, I can only imagine what we're gonna do against them in London. I I think Petrovic is gonna be on the wing, and we're gonna you know play three at the back and, and five defensive midfielders or something. Um. Anyways, let's get to uh, certain moments of the game. Um. First controversial moment, I think. Uh, came in around the thirtieth minute, thirty and so minute, um, where Socrates uh, grabs Montero's shirt and brings him down. Um, I'll start with Patrick first. Patrick, did you think um, Montero went down too too easy? Do you think Socrates deserved a a red or a foul at least? Uh, how did you see that play?
2: Well, it was definitely um, definitely a foul. Um, Montero had every had every right to to go down. I'm not sure. Um, whether it was tend to mount to a red card because, obviously, Leno um, was quite quick off his line. I'm not sure uh, from the replays that were shown whether Leno would have got there in time. And If he does, then it's not a goal-scoring opportunity, um, uh, which warrants a red card. But c- certainly, I think it was a foul and, um, uh, and Socrates, at least, should have got gotten a yellow card. Yeah, and uh, Nando, how did you
0: see that? Um, I obviously think that that
1: was a foul, like no doubt in my mind. I mean, we can go back and look at that clip, and it's been put all over Twitter and, and the video in itself. I, I No. Um, I think it didn't go down too easily. I think um, Arsenal got away with that one there. Um, I, it's, to me, it's just a blatant foul. It's, it, he pulled, like If you look at clip by clip, you can see his whole uh, shirt collar literally being stretched almost to like his nipple. Yeah. I mean, if someone's – if if a guy's shirt gets stretched that far down, like, we can't possibly be thinking that that was just, you know, casual, um, you know, just running in and, and body-to-body or anything like that. And uh, to me, he should have been carded uh, differently than he was and I still got away with one.
0: Yeah. Um, I was actually trying to find the – Video here just to see if he is last man because personally I, I think it was a red card um because I think that if, if you know if Socrates is last man whether whether Leno's off his line or not I think um, him to bring him down him being last man because of course they don't include the goalie or whoever's behind or, or whoever's you know sort of closest to the net um they don't include him as last man I think that should have been a red and my only my. Again, we didn't lose because of that. Uh, we didn't lose because of officiating. Because there, we'll, we'll talk later about another incident that happened in our way that, that uh, didn't get carded. But um, I, th- I think that if, if that gets called, if, if you know, UEFA puts VAR in the group stages of the Champions League and the Europa League, that gets called and that gets carded. And, and a 10-man ten, a arsenal is, is different than you know, the game we played. And maybe we can we would be able to be a bit more ambitious and and, and push a bit forward. Um, so I I personally from what I from I can't find the video, but from what I remember and and, and what I was feeling that day, I, I thought it it was a blatant red card or a blatant foul because he, he he brings him down and and not for nothing, Socrates was probably Arsenal's best player in the night as well. So um, yeah, I I think I think the that call sort of sort of fucked us over. Um, and now Nando, uh, not too long after that, um, there was a call for, or there were shouts for a penalty, uh, on Nani where, uh, Licksteiner, I think it was Licksteiner sort of puts his arms around them, which stops Nani from jumping. I don't know if you, you've seen that or not. What did you think of that? Did you think that was a potential penalty call or
1: it, to be honest, if, if I've got, cause I know there was a moment there that, that I stepped out, so I don't want to completely testify and and to something I didn't quite see all the way. Is that that's what minute?
0: Because
1: um, I'm trying to remember. Because I know I, I stepped away for just a second. And I come back to Twitter and everybody's losing it.
0: So it was uh, also in the first half. It was not too long. It was the thirtieth something. Give me one second. Oh, no, it doesn't so say. Yeah, I'm I have no idea. Exact, the exact minute, I have no idea, but within the 30 yeah, or something. I can't recall
1: it. So, I mean, if, if Patrick has something he wants to comment on, I'll let Patrick jump in on that. Just sure. be- Patrick, uh, were you able
0: – Did do you recall that 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 uh yeah, potential it, penalty call as well?
2: Was it the one where someone whips in across the, and Nanny pops up at the back post, doesn't he, with Lichsteiner, I think?
0: Just in behind them, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think if it's that one, well – um. I could I could definitely see a penalty given and Lichsteiner was uh definitely struggling. Um there with a marking on Nanny he it, it was wrong side of him and all sorts and, and contact is made so um you know, some refs it just depends on, on the ref on the day, on the view that you get. Um mm-hmm. some refs will, will give that, others will probably say it's a little bit soft, but um it's definitely an arguable um situation and Maybe Sporting could have gotten one there.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, at first, I was a bit pissed off and I thought it was a penalty. But I think um, I've seen those calls many a times been made. But I've also seen many a times those those calls aren't made. Uh, personally, I think it's a foul because his arms are clearly around Nani, sort of impeding him from jumping. Um, but I'm not too upset with that non-call because, I've, like I said, I've seen that Plenty of times not been called before. Um, and then, uh, Nando, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this one back to you. Um, Daniel Beck's first goal that got uh, disallowed. Um, what did you think of that? Did you think that was properly disallowed? Do you think um, it, Bruno Gaspar sort of went down a bit soft? How did you view that?
1: I think in that one, I think that Bruno Gaspar could have, you know, tried a little harder not. To go down I, I get the impression that he kind of battles him off a little bit shoulder to shoulder and then just kind of decides that You know, maybe that's the time to go down. I've seen that happen a lot so that to me is just one of those plays where It takes I guess a lot for a referee to you know Not consider that a foul like it's it's almost like it's gotten so Common in soccer these days that that that's just like normal behavior. So I'm okay with that being. the call it was, but that's just my take. I think that we see that so often in almost any game. You know, it it doesn't really almost bother me at that point. It's just like, fine, okay. I I can deal with that. I'm trying to be yeah. possible.
0: Yeah, I, I I thought that was that was a bit soft. Personally, I I think though there is shoving on on Gaspar's back. I think uh I don't know, maybe that could have stood to be fair to Arsenal. Um Patrick, how did you how did you view that, that one? The this diss- goal. Yeah, uh,
2: um, I'm no different, to be honest. I think it um, was a bit softer than I have to uh, agree with you two. Yeah. Um,
0: finally, then, you know, uh, Arsenal ends up scoring uh, through a, a mistake from Quats. Um, guys, should we should we bench Kouac? Okay, no, that's not a serious question, but what's up with Quats in these big games, especially in the Europa League? Last season against Atletico Madrid he fucked us this year now against arsenal uh he 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 sort of you know played that bad pass but with that being said uh there are shouts for an offside um patrick I'll throw this one to you real quick do you think that was offside was that a clean goal uh how did you see that one
2: um i mean i think it i think it depends on whether um
0: Touches the ball or not? Touches right?
2: the ball because I think if if it's from the initial initial pass, then Welbeck um, is offside, and it does it doesn't matter um, about Cuartes's, um bad interception. Um, but yeah, it just depends on whether Bamiyan gets to touch or not. I can't I can't really tell even with the replays whether he does or not. So mm-hmm. with the with the referee not not having any uh, clue either he he has to he has to make the decision there and then uh, yeah. you can sort of accept that that goal standing um i think kwarter is quite unlucky to be honest i think he is on the stretch and he he does as well as he can <coughs> sorry um yeah so um you know i can accept that
0: yeah um man i'm just seeing the replay now i it's tough to say i don't think he really touches it Obama Yang. it it's it's definitely a tough call. Again, with I can't really blame the referee because without VAR, how can you really? Yeah, I don't think he touches it. Without VAR, it's not much he can do. And then I think that non-touch sort of throws quats off. Um, and I, you know, I think I, I agree. I think he's also unlucky a bit with that touch. Um, I think even Fernando Ribedu could have done a bit better. You know, it, it went through his legs. I think. I know it's tough for a goalkeeper in those situations, but I think he maybe could have done a bit better on that. Uh, Nando, how did you view the goal? Do you think that was maybe offside? Do you think uh, Coates, uh isn't a big game player? How do you how, how did you think of that?
1: I'm going to um, agree with both of you on that. Um, I'm I'm, I'm going to say this much about Coates. Um the style he plays, how he plays, um, he kind of positions him in, in himself in a in, in a way that's either going to make him come up to be a fantastic uh, how do I want to wear this? He plays in a way that he's either gonna have a fantastic performance or he's gonna leave us scratching our heads. And because he plays so aggressively and he tries to be he tries to anticipate almost every ball in a way that he's either there on time and great and we're left like wow like he really read that well or he's beat so bad in which he then has to foul or which then he causes a foul or something along those lines, which then we leave our scratching our head like you just mentioned with Atletico Madrid, and even in this game where I felt like he could have done much better. Um, and I think that's just like what you get with Coatz. I think it's just unfortunate that it's happening in these, you know, quote-unquote big games um, because I think in the smaller games, you know, his, his quality is so much better than any other team's, you know, offensive players take away, you know, the big two uh, in Portugal other than us that he gets away with, with with how he performs because he usually performs really well. And, again, I'm going to bring in the fact that I think, you know, Mateo should have been playing the game um, as well with him because I still think that's the better center-back duo. So I, I don't want to say, you know, or put the blame completely on Kowats. I, I, I would rather Kowats continue to be the way he is because I think that's still a better, you know, or a better bet or a better chance with him playing that way. Um but that's just kind of what you get with Kawatche. It's just unfortunate that it's happening in these kind of games.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, can you guys hear me right now, all right? I think my internet got back. Yeah, you're good, spotty. Okay, uh, sorry. Um, yeah, that's basically all the moments in the game. Uh, I'm just gonna also ask you guys who you thought uh, was the man of the match. It could be on either side. It could be Sporting. It could be Arsenal. Neil, uh, quickly with you. Who did you thought? Who do you think was uh, the man of the match for for this Sporting Arsenal game?
1: Who I think was the man of the match?
0: Um, yeah, could be on either side. You could pick an Arsenal yeah, player as
1: well. I'm looking at the looking at the lineup again, real quick. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I
0: I'm yeah, I, while you decide, I'll 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 throw it to Patrick real quick. Patrick, who did you think was the man of the match?
2: Um, I'll keep it on Sporting side. I think Acuna was probably Sporting's best player. Um, he was. I'd say the only player who managed to really attack with intent in the in the first half. Um so um I'll give it to him.
0: Hello, hello. Yeah, yeah I can hear you. All right, cool. Uh yeah, Nando, after you do you do you think was yeah, the matter? I,
1: mean, I, mean, I feel I, I have to agree with Patrick. I guess because Acuña, in my opinion, has settled in fairly nicely in that left back position. Um, it gives us the closest we've had to a Quintero um, style player other than having Quintro, right? Because he can attack a lot more efficiently when he gets the ball. Um, but but to be honest, like nobody nobody on either team, especially Sporting and other, maybe like Patrick said, Acuña, nobody really stood out to me. Like nobody nobody looked like they were playing ab- above and beyond what they can play. some people played a little le- worse than what they can play um I would I would throw a worse player in the match I would put that at the coach but we can- <laughs> I I, I got us yeah I'll agree with Patrick and then I, I I would say this much too about Arsenal I think that if you're an Arsenal fan you you would be rather disappointed as well. I think you'd probably be bummed out that you didn't even put out your best team. Could have taken advantage and kind of, you know, showed the world that that who you are right now and whether or not you can, you know, really play with the big boys. I don't play that well either.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, to be honest with you guys, I was also going to pick Aquina. Um, I thought Aquina was definitely our best player in terms of the game, though. I think uh, I'm honestly in undecided between Welbeck and, and, and Socrates only because of that potential red call, red card that I think Socrates should have seen. Um, but I think Danny Welbeck also caused us a bit of trouble. Uh, and I, I just want to say I take full responsibility because um, I tweeted out just before the game, if Danny Welbeck scores against uh, Spartan, I'm jumping off a building. And uh, I think he read that and, and got motivated from it, it clearly because, uh, yeah, he haunted me. <laughs> Um, and finally, last topic of this game, um, Stefan Ristovsky goes out with another muscular. Well, not not with another, but uh, another muscular injury to our game to our team. Uh, now from Stefan Ristowski. Um I, I mean, I'm I'm frustrated with this because the season's been what two three seasons the two three um, months long now and. and and we already have, you know, we, we just got Matiu back from, from a muscular thigh injury. We've currently lost Rafinha. We lost uh, Ristovsky this game. We lost Bas Dost to, to something apparently very similar. Um, we've lost somebody else that I just can't remember of right now. Um, how big of a problem could this potentially be? Nando, I'll start off with you.
1: Yeah, man. Injuries has been a huge sporting issue for several years now. Um we don't have a deep bench you know we're just now getting back Bas dost you know we're just now starting to get certain players back like jeremy mathieu you know our goalkeeping situations all over the place whether it's injury or sure. performance um, injuries on sporting has never gone well it seems like especially through the jj era and if it continues now we're going to be going into the winter market again needing two to three other players that can make a difference and that's stressful especially when one of our supposedly big offseason signups is injured and hasn't even played a second for Sporting the the Italian guy so yeah, so this is frustrating so yeah man i mean we'll get to it in just a second you know Sporting again is very much still in this season um somehow and uh you start to wonder, are we one bad injury away, like another Bas Dost injury again, or maybe a Montero injury, or even a Bruno Fernandes, and then suddenly, who's going to step up? Who's going to really take control of that team in those certain positions? So, yeah, I'm I'm with you on it. I'm frustrated. I'm pissed off about it. Um, in, in the case of Rostovsky, I hope Bruno Gaspar you know, takes advantage of it. I think he played well against Boa Vista. So, let's see how that goes. But the whole injury thing, as far as thing, like, leaves you wondering, like, what's up? That they yeah. always ha- find a way to get hurt, especially when our president used to be a medical director.
0: <laughs> and a pretty fucking good one at that, you know? Yeah, dude. Uh, uh, Patrick, do you think uh, these injury concerns are or, – or these injuries are, are cause of concern? Do you think it's just how it is after, you know, yeah. high competition?
2: It's – well, as you, as you touched on there just at the end, it's not – It's not a good um, occurrence when your your club doctor becomes president, and all of a sudden, um, you know, you're you're tallying um, muscular injuries up. You know, muscular injuries. There has to be some caution whenever a player picks picks one up, and you have to you have to treat your your players um, in ways in which they don't get um, those injuries. So you know, you prepare well for games and at the first sight of a potential injury, you have to be cautious and not play that player. Um, but I'll give you one example. As soon as Mathieu um, recovered from his muscular injury, he went straight out um, and played again. And then, yeah. sure enough, it, I know it was a different problem, but he, he got injured again. Um, and sometimes, you know, the, sometimes you can pick up a muscular injury when you're trying to uh, be cautious on one side and then you, you overcompensate on the other and sort yourself out that way. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if we're, we're, it's certainly different to what we were doing last year. Um, I'd, my my gut instinct is that we're just not taking uh, care of our players as well as we were last year. Um, and that's costing us a bit um, in the medical department. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you as well. Um,
0: all right. Moving on to uh, yesterday's game um, against the always-tough Boavista, Vista. Uh, our lineup was as followed. Ruben, uh, Ruben, uh, Renan Ribeiro in goal. <laughs> Ruben Ribeiro. Ruben Ribeiro somewhere in in fucking Qatar doing nothing, but sorry. Renan Ribeiro in goal. Uh, Marcos Aquinha, Mathieu, Coates, and Gaspar on the back line. Uh, Bataglia and Gudeli in the midfield. Bruno Fernandes, Nani. And Diaby just ahead of them with Montero as a striker. Um, uh, Patrick, I'll send this right back to you. Uh, How did you see this game yesterday?
2: Um, I was pleasantly surprised because obviously um, the mood around sporting, uh, at least before that game, was, I don't know, here we go again. We've got a pup with 90 minutes of um, football that none of us identify with and none of us even know what it is because it's just 11 players turning up um, and seeing what happens sometimes. But, you know, things just clicked yesterday. Um, and I don't know how much of that we can attribute to Boa because I don't think Boa Vista were that good um, on the night. Um, but, you know, we, we took advantage of that and the passes um, were connecting. We, we were finding space in behind their back line, um, down the sides, um, onto the byline, and, and and really from start to finish, uh, other than a little uh, blip, um, early in the first half, it, it was all us, um, and we kept on creating um, opportunities, and it was nice. I think, um, perhaps our best performance so far this season. Lots of players uh, coming in as well that were uh, very impressive. Um, firstly. Um, well, one player that's been starting for a while now, Freddy Montero, who I thought was fantastic. Um, Diaby came in and he was really good. He looked really good. Um, a lot of people are uh, uh, conflicted on uh, uh, Gespar, but I thought he, he was all right yesterday again. And Bruno Fernandes uh, uh, was another who, who really upped his game um, yesterday. So uh, lots of positives to come out of um out of the game obviously a 3-0 win uh very comprehensive comprehensive um and you know you can only hope that um sporting pick up a little bit of confidence um from what they've achieved and and patch up a few more performances like that yeah i agree uh uh
0: nando off to you how did you see the game
1: uh i think patrick just nailed it especially with when he just yeah. said that uh that here we go again right like so typical sparking like, oh, man, I really expect them to show up and do well on one game. They don't. Oh, man, I don't expect them to do well. They do well. So it looks like they literally took what they didn't do well against Arsenal and did better with it, especially with the 10 shots on target. In um, just that game alone, we had the opportunity to possibly win 4-5-0. Um, I think it's probably our best performance all year from start to finish. Um, sporting didn't really have any bad periods in the game where they just like went to sleep or just stayed content. Montero is playing stupid. Well right now, like he just continues to play, um, on form and he's just getting better with every game. So that's great. I'm hoping that Bajdosh coming back now, you know, they figure out a way to keep them both in the game because I think Montero has deserved it. Um, mm-hmm. I think, uh, I want to touch up a little bit on Bruno Gaspar. I think he played, in my opinion, I think he played overall, um, it was a good performance. Um, I'd love to see him get more minutes. Um, I think that uh, Bruno Fernandes probably played his best game this season, um, which I enjoyed seeing. It was good also to see um, Jeremy Matio back there. Again, Acuna playing in the left back, and then overall, I liked the lineup too, like the the formation. Um, I think for the most part, everybody would say it was like a four-two-three-one, or something along those lines. But that, yeah, sure. uh, we don't need another Petrovic to just you know kill that midfield flow. So that was good. Uh, Nani is overall this season playing really, really well. He continues to be a good captain. He continues to bring all the things that we talked about prior to the season starting. You know, good performances, uh, good experience. He's scoring goals, he's having assists, and he's having fun. Um, and then Diaby. Um Diaby was a really good surprise. I think a lot of people would say that Diaby was probably the man of the match in, in most cases. So so it was good, man. I, I, I liked it. They seemed like they finally you know put a team together that made sense on paper. I mean, I keep looking at the lineup, and that lineup, I mean, other than putting Bas Dostin for Montero, Maybe putting Montero over where Bruno Fernandes is and making moving moving Bruno Fernandes down back and taking out like Gudeli or something. I think overall that's a really solid lineup. I think if Montero can be a solid off the bench player, then I think that lineup would be arguably one of our, if not our strongest lineup. One of definitely one of our strongest lineups with players playing where it makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, and I agree with with what most has, most have been said. Uh, Though, maybe I'm just a a, a negative Nelly, but um, I thought, uh, don't get me wrong, I thought Diaby did well. There were certain instances where I thought, uh, especially in the first half, I think the second half he sort of was a bit better, but in the first half he was sort of, you know, a a chicken running without a head at times. Uh, um, It's obvious he's a a pace merchant, I guess you can say. Like His pace is his best ability, really. Um, On the ball, he wasn't anything really too spectacular at least there was for sure a few dribbles here and there or, or there was that one where he received the pass and just put a heavy touch because again he knows he can run past fullbacks and defenders so um, in that aspect I, I did like his game I did like that different quality he can bring to to our game overall especially moving forward um, so uh, definitely I, I, I'm happy with with the performance last night um, cause I understand, you know, he, he is still adapting to this team. He's, he had just, um, moved here. So it, 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 takes a while to adapt. So, um, I hope he can take that positive, um, that positive performance last night and, and, and move forward with it. And especially while Rafinha is out for, for a bit, um, he can come in and sort of fill that spot because it's clear that Carlos Mene is, isn't is that Carlos Mene that he once was before the injuries. Um, but yeah, with that being said, I, I, yeah, exactly what you guys were saying. We were expecting sort of a, a worse performance. We, weren't, we were sort of worried because, you know, uh, Benfica had lost points. So maybe that would put pressure on us to, to close the gap and, and, and the boys wouldn't react as well as they did. But um, they did. I, I don't think there was a lot of players that put a foot wrong. Um, I thought Bruno Gaspar, after a few shaky starts this season, had his def- easily his best, se- his best um, game of the season in a sporting shirt. I thought Nani was um, showing glimpses of, of Nani of old, of of a young Nani, of even a Manchester United Nani, um, uh, though although a bit more of a goal scorer rather than a provider. But you know, just before his header uh, for the one nothing, he could have made it one nothing earlier. Um, it's like Nando said, we you know we went from Arsenal having zero shots on target to um, I, what did you say? I think it was ten. Shots on target this yep. whole game. 10 I, shots could've... on
1: target. And overall, uh, I think we got here about 20 – give me just a second. 23 shots, 10 on target.
0: There you go. So, you know, it could have easily been a 4 5 nothing win. Um, aside from, you know, I think one or two shots right from the first half uh, from Boa Vista, they didn't really threaten us. So, again, also like Patrick said, I don't know how much of that is is because of us and our quality and how much of that is um, – because Boavista just weren't at the races yesterday. Um, but yeah, and, and then, you know, it was good seeing Mathieu in in, in in defense. It was even nice seeing him at left back. I thought you know, he's he played left back before, I think, mostly in his time in in Valencia. But um, you know, if if Acuina is injured for a while, um, I think Mathieu can can definitely slot in a bit better maybe than Jefferson. Um but anyways, yeah, that was my only gripe. I think Diaby did well, but I don't know if he's, he's he did as well as maybe you know a lot of are making him out to, to be, I think. Um, and then with the Montero situation, I was going to actually ask you guys as well, um, if you guys think we should drop Montero for Baz Dost, if we should incorporate the two, or if we should bench Baz Dost until Montero's form um, goes a bit down. Um, and, and personally, I'm just going to give my opinion uh, first off. Um, because, I, I mean, I've, I've sort of been saying this in the past is um, to me, as of right now, we start Montero until uh, maybe his form go- drops a bit. Because to me, Montero isn't um, a second striker, nor is he sort of somebody to play along with the striker. I think he is a lone striker. Um, his qualities alone, especially up top, um, what he can bring to us is, is a bit more of what Baz Dos can bring in terms of keeping possession of the ball, moving the ball better. Um, working harder. He's definitely more of a workhorse than, than Baz Dostes. And him drifting out wide to sort of p- to get the balls and bringing central defenders with him, opening up spaces for a, a Nani to cut inside, for a Bruno Fernandes uh, to run forward, for a Rafinha or Jovan or uh, Diaby now to, to cut in uh, as well, I think can, can definitely help us out a bit more and, and definitely adds a bit more to our game. Um, especially of how we've been playing as of late Um, the only thing I think we really miss Baz Dost on is is when we get those crosses into the box because aside from that I don't think Baz Dost really adds much to our game and my main worry is taking Baz Dost out um, or sorry taking Montero out um, sort of takes away from our build-up play uh, moving forward but um, Patrick I'll start off with you how do you how do you think we should move forward with this? Should we incorporate the
2: two? Should we bench Bas Doss? Should we bench Montero? Um, I'd have to agree with you because uh for starters I think sporting, um with the players that they have, um, are a team that would operate best in a you know, a four three three or a four two three one like we saw um last night. And um with Montero being a more mobile of the two and you know, on, on the form uh that he's on uh, it'd be it'd be super unfair for 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 Montero to slip out of the squad there because i do, I think he combines really well uh, with the likes of Nani and and Jafinha when he plays uh, and Bruno Fernandes um, who who also is a, a midfielder I think who works better when he's the third midfielder when he has two players behind him that allows him um, to attack um, you know attack balls in the box. Uh, as like in third man, with third-man runs. Um, so, you know, do, those are the bonuses to having a, a player like Montero involved because he is so mobile and he works hard, as you say. He's got great technical ability. Um, but then you've also got to think that, you know, Bas Dost is a 30-goal-a-season is a striker um, mm. who, who has great technical ability himself. Um, but I think w- what I don't like is we saw Dost come in yesterday and immediately, um, I think our play, uh, the quality of Sporting's play really decreased because what we what we look to do, just because Dost is six foot, whatever, six foot four, um, immediately the players just think, right, let's just cross it into the box with crosses into the back post and look for Dost. And, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, Dost himself as a striker has more to offer. And um, Sporting could, could attack in a different way um but for some reason whenever Dost's on the pitch the players around him just think let's cross let's cross let's cross um and that turns out to be quite uh, predictable um for the opposing defenders um we had this problem last year with Jesus when we played 442 um you know lots of games where we looked really stale in the final third and that and that's what I fear when when you've got a player like Dost up front. It's not so much Dost's fault, it's more how how the players around him interpret uh his influence um on the game and on the team. Um I think with Montero we're a lot more freer uh, with our ideas and um especially with the way sporting are playing with Poseidon, no, no, I mean we I know we had a cracking game last night but generally I think sporting have been uh, really poor in terms of conveying their ideas in the final third. Montero and the wingers has been perhaps the only positive um, that Sporting has um, has seen. So to take that away uh, 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 and bring Dost in um, uh, uh, would be potentially uh, a big mistake to make from Pizarro. But then again, as I said, with the goals that Dost has to his name, um, yeah, that'll probably weigh heavy. Um, on his judgment, who, who knows? We'll have to see. It's a difficult decision, yeah, for sure. It is. Um, Nando, what did
0: you yeah.
1: think? Yeah, man, I, I agree with you guys with this, some slight changes. I think that Montero has definitely uh, earned the right to continue to start. Um, there's no question about it. I think that think can kind of go with this several ways. I think that if they want to play fluid and the less predictable. Um, then they go with what what's what pretty much the lineup they chose against Boa Vista. Well, that's the most probably athletic, the quickest lineup that we've had in a while. And that's probably the most creative lineup in a while. That lets Nani, Bruno Fernandes and Diaby or Giovanni, whoever wants to play in that position, or even Acuna if he plays up and, and someone else plays left back that lets them be as creative as possible and teams can't just sit there and man or put two men on like they did with Bajdost. now at the same time if you're going to bring in a guy like Bajdost then in my opinion you probably don't have montero out there because we've talked about this countless amount of times is montero a good um, you know, strike second, second forward, or or a second uh, striker. This any other, and I think we've all agreed that he plays better alone than he does um, playing in support of someone else. Mm-hmm. However, you know, it opens up also the possibility that Sporting goes with like three in the back. You know, in games that they don't want to go with like a Jeremy Mathieu and the Oracle Watts, and they just want to go with three back, their center back, and then a, a Cunha, even Bruno Gaspar or Ristowski, whoever and then pushes somebody up into that midfield. And then you can go with like Battaglia, Gudeli, bring down Bruno Fernandes into maybe that, that role that Petrovic just played against against Acuna, let him kind of go box to box there, and then have Nani and Diaby, Montero, and Bajdost up there. So I think that Montero definitely earned the right to continue to start. If Bajdost kind of embraces the role of coming off the bench, then I think that would in my opinion, would be best case scenario. You know, we continue to play with what's currently kind of working or what we hope will work even better. And then bring in bajdost you know, start of second halves, midway through second halves and, and force the def- defenses to switch it up. But I feel like that will only work best if we continue to keep a montero out there in which they have to respect the fact that he's going to come back. He's going to hold ball. He's going to work hard. And in that case, I think that even opens up more for bajdost but I think if you do a clean swap, Montero for Basdost, and keep the lineup as is, that should work well. But it has to stay athletic. It has to stay mobile. In other way, you're going to run into the what Patrick said. You know, the team just starts to feel like they have to feed to which slows-up play, becomes predictable. And then I, I don't think that ends up helping Sporting at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's actually interesting. I I, I highly doubt Peseiro would play three at the back, but uh man, I w- I would fucking love I it. I mean, it, it it would
1: piss me off that that like he wouldn't be brave enough to do that against, you know, uh, probably a lower end, you know, team in the liga uh, because like if you're not going to do it in those games, like when the hell are you going to do it? But I'm looking at this lineup and I keep looking at at what seems like it would like that would be hard to defend. Like, for you sure. know, Sparting may not have a lot of good, you know, bench players right now, or, or 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 second options that we can be confident in. But just letting Bruno Fernandes, I think he would be the best. Like we've seen Batalha do box to box, and I, I think we'd all agree that's not his strong suit. Like he's clumsy running with the ball. You know, he's not William Carvalho, um, yeah. obviously by a long shot. But like letting Bruno Fernandes roam the entire middle of the field, letting Nani and just take off one of those wings, Diaby, you know, with his speed, the other side, and then let those guys like Bruno Gasparo, Acuna, like just overlap them. And then Bajdost can, can be that guy that they have to respect. I mean, you still have to respect Dosh because he's still going to put goals away. And then let Montero overlap him. Let Montero run from behind him.
0: And I think that's tough to defend. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, quickly, to finish off the the Bola Vista game, just I was going to ask you guys on final thoughts and who your man of the match was. And uh, Patrick, I'll start off with you.
2: Um, I'll go for the for the man that we were just talking about, Montero. I thought he was um, another good game um, from him. Um, so I'd have to go with him. But close second for the RB, I thought, especially in second half, um, okay. that he was um, very good, very threatening. Um, on the flanks, and um, you know, you know, help Sporting uh, dominate the game in a way in which we haven't seen for some time. Yeah, uh,
0: Nando, how about
2: you? Man of the match and final thoughts.
1: Man of the match to me is a toss up between Nani and Montero. Nani because the goals, you know, you still got to respect the fact that it's not just one but two. He's he's scoring a lot more this year, um, and I, I think that. His experience and his passion is invaluable, uh, which kind of still pisses me off that uh, Pizzito try to make him an example. But um, but Montero, you know, you can't go wrong with the form he's in and how he's playing, and you know he's he's fully committed to what the team is doing. Um, so if I could, I'd give it co co men's of the match, Nani and Montero, honestly.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Um, I'll give it to Nani and obviously special mention to Montero and Diaby and even Bruno Fernandes, but an especially special mention to Mathieu because um, you can just tell how different we are uh, defensively with, with him back in the lineup, and uh, it's a huge thing for him to be back. Um, all right, quickly before we get into predictions uh, of the Santa Clara game, I don't think it's really necessary to go into the studio game because we have no idea what to expect from a Liga game. Um, I'm going to quickly go through uh, the modalities uh, that took place this weekend. Uh, if you guys want uh, to see it on, on Twitter, it's a, I did a decent little uh, thread you guys can, can follow through. Um, so, um, yeah, so we started off losing 3-0 at uh, table tennis to a French team, AS Pontois, uh, Sergue, um, which, makes, which has Sparting falling to third place with four points in the Champions League. Uh, Borussia Dusseldorf uh, won their game, so they, they kept in first. Um, our under-23 side beat Maritimu. Uh, Maritimu's under-23 side obviously won nothing with a goal from Pedro Menz, who's who's been on fire lately. Um, Sporting racking up a second game in a row, I believe that is now. Um, it, it keeps us at fifth with 19 points, but at least we're winning games. We're catching up. Um, our futsal team, slapped Braga as well, 6-1. A hat trick from Rocha, um, a goal from Leo Jaraguá, Jag, 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 um an own goal from Vitor Hugo of uh, Braga, and a penalty goal, a penalty kick goal from Dieguinho. Um Our women's te- uh, table tennis team did a lot better than the men's. They won their Champions League game three two, um, also against the French team, but called Saint uh, Quentinois. My French sucks, guys. I might be Canadian, but my French sucks. Uh, and that pushed us up to second uh, with three points. Our male volleyball team uh, went to Ponte Delgada in Asurge and beat Club K uh, 3-0, uh, winning their sets 25-22, 25-16, and 25-9. And then on Sunday, uh, they had a game right after, and they beat uh, AJ Font do Bastardo, also in Asurge, uh, another 3 nothing win, um, winning their sets 25-14, 25-21, and 25 25- uh, 23. They're currently in second with 16 points. Um, our female futsal team beat Povince five three away from home. Um, uh, a brace from Debora Keiroj. another goal from Debora Levrador. a goal from Katia Murgado and Krish. Um, they're in second with 13 points. Um, our hockey and patins team beat um, Tomar one nothing on Sunday. With a goal from João Pinto on the twenty-third minute, um, which keeps us tied with Benfica. Our uh, female, our B team, our, our female B team lost to Benfica's uh, main squad four nothing in the second division uh, because Benfica's uh, main female team just got uh, created, so they start off in the second division to face our B team. They beat us four nothing, but um, to be honest, it's a bunch of it's a it's it's our team is full of a bunch of teenagers, so. Um, to lose four nothing to a Benfica team that that has um, professionals uh, for a few years and and better players, it's it's not a big deal. They essentially beat our our academy uh, or our formation for nothing. Um, but our main team uh, went out and won yesterday three nothing against Orense, who was ahead of us. So that was a big win. Uh, pushes us to second with thirteen points, um, just behind Braga, who who's. Uh, in, in terms of the female game, have been our rivals, but we've been beating the past few seasons. Um, again, our female volleyball team also won um, uh, Sunday against uh, Civil ishboa um, an easy 3-0 win. We beat them 25-12, 25 and 25-13. And that is all with modalities. Um, guys, anything you want to say before we end this? Um Patrick I'll start off with you any last final thoughts? No, I think we've covered Oh. Um, sorry, wait, sorry. Let me get sorry, uh let me just get into the re, uh to the uh re, um fuck, what's the word I'm looking for? The predictions against Santa Clara. I, I totally forgot about that as well. Um yeah, how, what do you think the the Santa Clara game's going to look like? Uh predictions on the scores and all of that? Um
2: I've I've, I've had the to... Two-nil school on sporting stuck in my head for a bit, so uh, I think I'll go with
0: that. Hopefully All right, sweet. Hopefully we can build it Saturday and Sunday. I agree. Uh, Nando, how about you against Santa Clara?
1: Trap game. Um, we just uh, finally caught up to uh, our rivals a little bit, two points. Um, behind porto one point behind benfica and then santa clara sitting there right behind us at 14 like obviously santa clara is having a heck of a season like i fully yeah. expect them to drop to that 10th to 15th position but maybe they don't i don't know like right now they're killing it and um it's at their stadium
0: so uh yeah we're in, we're into a are right
1: so like that's tough man like i i don't know if santa clara's played porto or benfica yet at 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 uh, at their stadium, so I fully expect like a packed house. I fully expect a lot of a lot of passion, and I, that's not going to be an easy game, man. That that's gonna that kind of reminds me right now of like those old school Maritimo games, like or the yeah. old school Nacional games when we would go out there and always scrap out like a tough draw or even lose or win very like by bare minimum. I'm gonna say a one-zero Sporting win because I can't fully expect like I hate like you said, son, like like a pessimist or anything like that. But I just can't expect Spartan yet to show me two straight solid performances. And then with that, uh, uh that's the, Liga game in between, I don't know what's, Spart- <coughs> you know, what, is going to do with the lineup and what changes and out of rhythm he's going to create to the team. So I'm going to go one zero Spartan wins, but that's going to be a lot tougher than what a lot of people are, are
0: early thinking on. Yeah. Um Quickly, just because uh you mentioned the, Porto and Pefica not going there. They, they haven't, but the, the team that has gone there from, the from, I guess, the big four um, is Braga. Braga, and they tied 3-3 in the Braga second Braga choked that away, though. Yeah, they were up 3-0, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, man, the Santa Clara team, I have a lot of Assorian friends, so it's always fun talking uh, about Santa Clara with them, because my whole childhood um, has been uh, them talking about Santa Clara and me calling them shit because of Betamar, Cause I'm from Aveiro, uh, but uh, now Beira Mar is somewhere down um, down in the depths of Portuguese football, and Santa Clara is in the first division. So it's always nice to see for my Saurian people. Um, I think this is going to be a high scoring game. Uh, Santa Clara defensively sucks, but offensively they've been on fire. Uh, they they definitely know how to put the ball in the back of the net, and then Spartan just scares me because um, away from home we're a different we we're, we're, we look like a different team um but I'll say I'll say 3-2 I I still want to be a bit optimistic and think we'll get the 3 points. Now, Patrick, any final thoughts before we end the podcast and anything you haven't mentioned?
2: Nah, that's I, I, I think I've I've said my piece. I don't know if Nando has anything to yeah, say. Yeah, Nando.
1: Hey man, but if he lost, that's great. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck, so, you know, we made up some ground there. Um, anytime that they don't do well, it makes my days a little happier. So, um, yeah, Sporting's, uh, very much in the running two points back, one point back. Uh, there we go.
0: Guys, I'm actually a really trash host and I forgot we had a question on Twitter. So quickly, <laughs> uh, it's just one question, but there's a few parts to it. So I'll ask, um, uh, we sort of brought that up. So this is from Kevin one, Arujo. Uh, six on Twitter. Uh, he asks thoughts on Diaby's first start. I think we went through that. Should we see him more in the next come in the upcoming games? Um, Patrick, would you start him? Uh, considering we're facing Isthmio and Tasa de Liga, would you start him for Isthmio or would you rest him for Santa Clara?
2: Um, or play I him in both? I think he see the thing is that he's a player who, who we've not played uh, too often. Um, so in terms of gaining rhythm and uh, and carrying on with his form, I think it makes sense um, for him to play against uh, Sturil. I don't know what Pizarro has in mind, whether he'll play a, a strong side or a semi-strong side. But I think it'd be nice to see uh, more of him uh, against a side like Sturil. Uh, you know, he, he he's he's probably buzzing after the d- display that he's had. So you know, let let's see. What what else he has to offer, and if he puts in a very good performance and things turn out to be comfortable, um, in the league cup, then we can hook him off, give him a rest, and and get ready for a, another game against Santa Clara with with uh, out, and um, you know obviously we've got the option of Jovan Cabral as well, but with Kafinha out, um, you know, I uh, 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 so there's there's space there for him to. To play and make an impression, so I'd like to see him against Real, and uh, if things go well again against Santa Clara. Yeah, agreed. And uh, finally, Nando,
0: with you, um, what do you guys think the best eleven? Spart- do you think the the for the current moment, uh, considering injuries with Lisostovsky and all of that, um, the the eleven against Boavista? Do you think that is our strongest eleven, or would you make uh, some quick tweaks to it?
1: I think that's. Uh, if you want, fun. I
0: can run you through the lineup real
1: quick. No, it's good, man. I got to hear. But good. by far, cool. that's um, the best lineup. Like I spent a lot of time talking about just what I felt about that. And I agree. I think that's our best lineup. The only changes I can see being made currently with current players um, would be Bajdosh from Montero. Yeah. Um, just because obviously it's logical. However, in my opinion, Montero deserves to continue to start. He's earned that right. But. Um, Bajdos is Bajdos, so if you sub him out, um, and 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 sub bring Bajdos in, I think that lineup is solid. I think our center backs are who they should be. I like Acuna in that left back position, Gudeli and Batalia Petrovic get the heck out of there. Um, well, uh, I, I think we need to figure out the goalkeeping situation a little bit. We didn't really talk about it a lot but we, yeah. um, it's kind of reminding me a little bit of Benfica uh, last year, two years ago, when they kept subbing, like bringing in that young kid and then Nella, yeah. and then they were all over the place before they finally settled on somebody. So that might become an issue as we move on in the season um, if we continue to stay pretty consistently close to the top. But I think that's our, our best lineup, honestly, and I like the way they played it, and I like the way they positioned it. and It's, it's, it's more offensive, and yeah, by far, I think that's our best lineup.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the only changes we can make really is if we have – Obviously. Exactly. If we have players healthy, is the only time we can can change players. So I think we'd all agree that Rafinha uh, and Nani on the wings is our best. Yep. Um, And then, you know, probably that's it. And then Khristowski at right back. But at the current moment, he's not available. So thank you, Kevin, for that question. Uh, Thank you to Juve Juve Lyon 7621 uh, or XX1. Uh, in the comments, commenting with us. Thank you very much for listening. Guys, I hope you all enjoyed. Um, we, I know for a fact we have. Sorry for my trash-ass internet and me being a trash-ass host. Uh, we'll see you next time, probably after the studio and the Santa Clara game. Um, yeah, later, boys. Ciao. We've sporting. We've sporting all day.